You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to gopowercat.com's power cat questions podcast presented by fridge wholesale liquor and it starts right now now let's go to the wtc gig powered studios here's your host gopowercat.com publisher tim fitzgerald Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast, the podcast in which you ask us questions and we answer them. But you have to be a member of Go PowerCat. You have to be at Wabash Station to do so. Membership has its privileges. I mean, we should use that as a tagline. Do you think MasterCard would get upset with us? I, I was going to say, I thought I heard that before. I, I couldn't think of what it was. <laughs> How old is that phrase? I don't know. Membership has privileges and we're not MasterCard. GoPowerCat.com. But please give us your MasterCard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you can use a MasterCard at GoPowerCat.com. Uh, Tim Fitzgerald. I had to pause there and think about my own name. Riley Gates and Zach Carlson. Your podcast, Musketeers. Mm. You've had better. I like Musketeers. Yeah, but that's you- a three thing. I mean... There's three of us. Yeah, but... That was kind of the point, Zach. I'm saying the phrase musketeers needs to be with three or four, you know, not podcast. He just tried saying that musketeers. You could have four musketeers. Well, I'm just saying numbers. There was a sequel that you could have four. Yeah. But we were three. I didn't think I needed to say it. We, we are three. It's fair. I thought it was redundant. Your podcast redundant number musketeers. <laughs> We're sponsored by The Fridge, and as you know, The Fridge carries a very wide, wide selection of beer. Um, And, Kevin, I love you for that. Uh, There's a lot of beer people out there. There's an imperial stout called Fuzzy Knuckles, which I think I'm willing to try that just based on the name. Now, one of my favorite beers, we had this discussion that I never drink beer, and one of my favorite beers was Shiner. You recall that on a previous episode. I think it was the... Overtime. Shiner has a holiday beer out. Shiner S'more. 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 Oh, it's a different one. Yeah, S'more. With, made with Texas chocolate. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, did you know Texas chocolate was a thing? No. I mean, it, it seems odd to brag about it's made with Texas chocolate when nobody goes, man, I get all my best chocolate from Texas. What makes it Texas chocolate? It's made in Texas. It's bigger. Interesting. I thought you were going for the holiday Shiner cheer. I had that. Delicious. On my visit to the High Low, which is going to be our sponsor apparently in the first half of this podcast because <laughs> I brought them up. I had that when I went into the High Low Miracle on Morrow pop-up Christmas bar. I had the holiday cheer from Shiner, and it was amazing. Yeah, it's, it's. I'm not a Christmas beer guy, and that was amazing. That might be my favorite Christmas beer. That might even beat out the Boulevard ones. That's what Jess said, the new manager at uh, High Low. She said this, you know, Jess, 
Our Jess is our now, Jess is now the manager. Of the Jess still's in town. Yeah, Jess got married. That's how these things work. Jess I married Adam from AJ's Pizza, and now he said, "Honey, I need you to take over." Uh, I hardly know that well, so I, it's whatever. But yeah, yeah, we're just intertwined with the the world of Aggieville. But anyhow, yeah, Jess uh, came up with the pop up bar. And if you haven't been to the high low, if you're coming to town sometime for a basketball game, you got to stop in the high low, particularly if you're a Christmas person or your wife is. Make your wife happy by taking her to a bar. And I'm telling you, it's a win win. It's it's incredible. I'm not exactly a Christmas guy. Like, oh, look at the lights. But this is really. I don't want to be the person that uh, that undoes the Christmas theme. It's that intense. Yeah, it's it's pretty dope. So anyhow, the high low. Temporarily known as the Miracle on Morrow, and you can uh, you just get OD on Christmas and pizza <laughs> and beer. They have great Christmas drinks. My wife had one with gin in it, so it really wasn't great. <laughs> I don't know. Get into the high low. We're sponsored by the fridge, they supply all the liquor for the high low and all of our sponsors let's get going guys folks we've been sitting in this room for about 15 minutes talking about everything but our podcast let's podcast your questions for mob ass station here zach a couple things i didn't list the winner of my god the iowa state pick em. my god and it was our first winner of the year for the Nichols game runaway train is now a two-time winner as well show off you two-time and runaway train <laughs> he was three points off the final score of 27-17. Nice. Then also, I did a bowl matchup prediction thread. Mm. And I didn't see this one. I thought nobody won. But apparently someone did win, and they called us way back. December 4th, like 2.08 p.m., strength coach Mack predicted Liberty Bowl versus Navy. So congrats. Nailed it. Nailed is there, it. Is there a K-State strength coach named Mac? Because I think he just added himself. Mac! <laughs> Impressive. Quality. Which is going to take us into our first, like, yes. six questions here. Well, that is like we planned it. <laughs> what do you did. know? From Exhausted Nihilist, will the December 8th Liberty Bowl announcement versus Navy live in infamy in the hearts of K-State fans who feel robbed of a more prestigious bowl location? No. Uh, does, anybody, does anybody remember the 2011 season when K-State absolutely 210% should have been in the Sugar Bowl? Then they end up playing in the Cotton Bowl? That was an outcry if I've ever seen one. And... Yet we don't sit here and be like, oh, do you remember that time when we were supposed to be, you know, like nobody looks back at that year and, and is still mad about it. So uh, 1998 was Ebola. 2011 was the bubonic plague. This was uh, the flu. And we still were able to say, we're sick all the time. That's what it was. K-State got screwed. But in the big picture of how badly K-State gets screwed in the bowl situation, Folks, uh, Riley just took his shirt off, and I wish I was kidding. I don't know what's going on in my studio right now. Skin was showing. Trying to take my hoodie off in it. WTC Gig Pirate Studios just went to three megs. (laughs) (laughs) Look, let's get it out. It's not that big a deal. I just think it's, I mean, yeah, they got screwed, but everyone was tied for third. I get it. 
at yeah, K State has the only victory over a playoff team in the entire country. Yeah, I get it, but every bowl had its reasons for taking the teams, except for the Camping World Bowl, which uh, apparently was smoking crack cocaine on that day. Flat out, number one, K State absolutely should have been. They should have been strongly considered for the Alamo Bowl based on what they did right there with Oklahoma State, in my opinion. At worst, K-State should have been playing in the Camping World Bowl. I think they deserve to play in one of those two bowl games and then potentially tumble into the Texas Bowl. You have every right to be upset about what happened and how it, it came to be, given that it was Iowa State that ends up taking that spot over. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. You're in a bowl game. You have eight wins. You have a chance to get to nine. And I mean, you just got you just got to get behind it at this point, you know. If you are in Council Bluffs, Cedar Falls, or Davenport, Iowa, and you are an Iowa State fan, make sure you stop into your local Camping World location because that is the only logical explanation for why they picked Iowa State. See, I disagree. Well, Matt Campbell, everyone thinks he's sexy. You know, it's kind of like uh, Aaron Andrews. We all thought she was hot for a while, and then we realized, no, the people that said she was not were right the whole time. Nah, that's a bad take, Fitz. What? Yeah. That's terrible She's not take. that hot. No. You're not that hot. <laughs> well, I know that. I, I disagree with that still. This is why, in my opinion, Iowa pick. State was, was picked, and I think it was because of what they did last year when they went to the Liberty Bowl. They sold that place out. They drank the bars dry. They they did Memphis well, and I think that the Camping World Bowl heard how well Iowa State fans traveled. I mean, it wasn't a very long drive for them. Then I think they saw an opportunity to, yeah, Matt Campbell to an extent, get him in there. They like Matt Campbell for ESPN. They can talk about all the jobs he is is or is not tied to, this and that. They can talk about uh, you know Brock Purdy. I mean, it's... There's some storylines there. There's yeah. a few storylines there, and Iowa State fans showed out well, and that's why K-State fans need to show out well to this bowl game. If you don't want this to happen again, you need to get your butt to Memphis. That's exactly right. And you need to fill that stadium and treat the Liberty Bowl like it's the damn national championship. Well, folks, you need to stop talking about uh, the top three crowds to travel across state lines. First of all, it's not true. It, it was never true. Go get one picture of Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl or Iowa and the Rose Bowl, and you'll know it's not true. Yeah. Um, but it, what K-State did in the heyday was, you know, really impressive. It was exactly what Iowa State's doing right now. So I get it from that standpoint. Plus, Camping World has three locations throughout the Iowa area. Get into Camping World if you're an Iowa State fan and make them look like a profitable company. I didn't even know what Camping World was until this week. It's the world of camping. I mean, yeah. It's like Bass Pro, but camping. Make sure yeah. when you're in, uh, maybe that's what happened, is they sold so much merchandise at Bass Pro last year in, in Memphis. They didn't want Iowa State back. They said, we're not stocked up yet. Well, no. They probably got around the old uh, industry, what Iowa State did at the uh, Bass Pro Shops Pyramid location. And uh, with a the hotel, they probably... You know, if you're an Iowa State fan, you stayed at the hotel. <laughs> you you mean it's a Bass Pro Shop with a hotel? I don't know why they sound like they're from Oklahoma. All right, Cephas. I don't know. I just That's my one accent uh, that I do on the podcast, and it came out from Iowa State. Uh, but anyhow, uh, 
hot take, the anger was doubled, if not tripled, because it was Iowa State. If it would have been Texas Tech in this situation that K-State had beaten. Just the week before, yeah, yeah. If it had been West Virginia that they had beaten the week before and and had gone to this bowl game over K-State, yeah, they'd be mad. But the fact that it was Iowa State, this new budding rivalry that everybody just wants to jump full on board and hate everybody in, holy cow, my Twitter mentions were a war zone on Sunday. I'm going to make a comparison here that I never, ever, ever, ever thought I would do. It's like K-State is Texas and Iowa State is Texas A&M. Like they got that little brother syndrome going with K-State. I never thought K-State would have a little brother. I thought They do. Yeah. K-State was perpetually the little brother of everyone. And now Iowa State suddenly is uh it's just so it's so exciting. They're so excited about beating K-State for the out for the bowl game. That they forgot. They just got their ass kicked on the football field in the final game of the season by K-State. And they're thumping their chest over the owning the uh, the series record by one game based on apparently the 1960s or something. I don't know. My favorite was the uh, K-State is not as good or better than their 8-4 record. Iowa State is better than their 7-5 and five record. We are a better team than K-State. And someone, I think it was maybe Fake Willie or the, the Win- Snyder Windbreaker account said like, Ugh, if only there were an on-field competition to determine something like this. <laughs> How can you believe that you're actually a better team than K-State this year? When you just got drilled by them. Not earlier in the season, your last game. The self-awareness or lack thereof is... Uh, Amazing sometimes with Iowa State fans, but God bless them. You got to have one in your conference, and now Iowa State's in full bloom of weirdness. And speaking of sliding down from you know whatever Alamo, Texas, Camping World down to the Liberty Bowl, wouldn't you rather be in Memphis than Houston if you were a fan? Oh yeah, I would. Houston's. You know, if it came down to Houston, if you really did slip past the Alamo and Camping World Bowl, and it was going to be between the Texas and the Liberty Bowl, if you're a fan, yeah. The Liberty Bowl is only bad because three, four years ago, K-State went at 6-6 six and six when they limped into bowl eligibility. And got their butt kicked. And that's and people remember it was cold. Yeah. It was a mismatch. It was it was a miserable season because you were on your fifth quarterback. But you're right, Zach. You are absolutely right. Like, the stadium's the worst thing about this game. Now, here's, here's one of the things I appreciate about Iowa State fans. They are fired up. They're seven and five and going to the Camping World Bowl against Notre Dame in a season in which they should have been nine or ten wins, and yet they still find a way to be fired up about it. Come on, guys, you fell so far short of not just college football's expectations, your own expectations for Matt Campbell's super team. And you won seven games, and yet you find a way to be, oh, I'm happy. It's like they're a stupid dog. Oh, I'm happy. Oh, it's good. My owner just yelled at me. Go Irish. I'm torn about that. I'm cheering so hard for Notre Dame in that game. I'm torn about that. I hope Iowa State gets Catholic. I hope Iowa State. I hate Notre Dame. I hope Iowa State gets the, you know what, blasphemy. That's very confusing. Very confusing. Uh, yeah, I'm torn about it because it would be really good for the conference if Iowa State won, if Baylor won, if Oklahoma won. Uh, I don't really care about Texas. 
It's good for the conference, actually, if Texas loses. Please stop stepping on questions later in the podcast. I will stop stepping on questions from later in the podcast. Here's Zach. From KNED, this is more of a statement than a question. Gene sat and waited for the bull phone to ring while Jamie Pollard was busy dialing the bulls. Convince me I'm wrong. You're wrong. I, I, I don't have enough. I don't There's even, no evidence of that. Yeah. I understand your suspicions. If we later find out that Jamie Pollard promised the Camping World Bull 15,000 tickets, then maybe. But I would be mad at Gene if he did the same promise because K-State wouldn't sell those tickets. Iowa State might. This, in some ways, folks, this reminds me of when Kansas stole the Orange Bowl from Missouri by promising ticket sales, and they weren't going to sell the tickets. They were just they were essentially paying off the bowl. It really should be illegal. You're literally paying off the bowl. People went to prison for that. There was yeah. a ticket. That's there was right. A ticket scam. That Holy was, cow! I orange, forgot about orange bowl that. tickets were a part of that. I'm pretty sure. I totally forgot about that. Holy cow! So, uh, I, if we find out something fishy went on, I can buy into your argument, but I wouldn't want Gene to do that either. Now, I, I just think there was a bunch of circumstances in play that worked against K-State, but they always seem to. Now, K-Ned, with that said, I wouldn't mind if Gene got a little more aggressive. He's such a damn nice guy. Oh, darn it. We have a really nice guy as athletics director. However, folks, I bet you the Liberty Bowl was begging for Kansas State. This is who they wanted. They just had Iowa State. They didn't want Texas because nobody would show up. They knew K-State fans would show up in better numbers than probably uh, anyone else other than Iowa State because the happy dogs would have gone back to Memphis. Oh, we're back in Memphis. Hey, hey, hey. I, I just don't think you have, we have enough evidence unless you straight up ask Gene Taylor, like, how hard did you lobby K-State for the Camper World Bowl? I didn't. I wanted to go to Memphis like, to play in my team Navy. I refuse to buy into the the theory that Gene Taylor wanted to go to the Liberty Bowl, so he sat on his hands while the Alamo Bowl and Camper World Bowl all looked for teams. Like, Gene Taylor did what he needed to do or what he thought he needed to do to get K-State the best bowl. Somebody was going to get the shaft. Oklahoma State's probably the team that should be complaining the most right now. They fell to the Texas Bowl, and they're ranked. Mm -hmm. Tiebreaker would go to Oklahoma State in this conference right now, right? I agree. No, not in this conference. The tiebreaker always goes to Texas and then Oklahoma. Ah, yes, yes. My apologies. And you know what? That's a reality of this conference. It just is. The conference gets a lot of benefits from having Texas. If they want to go to the stinking Alamo Bowl and get their butts kicked by Utah, more power to them. They don't really want to go. That's what's funny. Is the Alamo Bowls convince themselves that people are going to show up for that game, and they're not. They're not. They're not going to make that drive for 90 minutes. They're done with football this season. He fired a bunch of coaches. Texas is done with football, not just the fans. He already moved on to next season by firing coaches. It's crazy. And they get the best bowl game. But they played LSU okay for a while. <laughs> but LSU didn't have air conditioning in their locker room. How about that thing? That just crazy. That's right. <laughs> From KNED, again, how many trips to Orlando would we fold have made to pitch K-State with, with a matchup with Notre Dame on the line? That's a good point. It would have been a really cool matchup to play Notre Dame, right? 
I mean, great. that's something that would have been I, about best bowl matchup. Where would that sit? <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of bowl matchups in school history, in terms of just straight up prestigious program, probably at the top. Uh, Tennessee that year was pretty yeah. big. That was when Tennessee football was yeah. rolling pretty good. Hindsight, Syracuse McNabb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean. Ohio State. Drew Brees, Purdue. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> K-State's bowl history is insane, oh, oh man. Oh, my God. Who's the defensive end that Arizona State had that played in the league for a dozen uh, Dang it. I, I suck at that. Just just pretend like you're I mean, it seems thing. like, and, and Boston College had someone, too. That year, that Doug Flutie. <laughs> I don't think that was it. <laughs> but it seems like they just run into a dude every year. Well, even even the year they played A and M, Miles Garrett. They just run into a dude every time, and I don't know Ray Rice. Ray Ray Rice. <laughs> Ray Rice at Rutgers. <laughs> Ray Rice running against a defense that didn't have the right shoes for a muddy playing field because Ron Prince told Shorty Klenow to leave them at home. They wouldn't need them, and then fired Shorty for leaving them at home. <laughs> Ron Prince. Horrible human being. Very interesting. It'll be interesting to see how K-State handles this matchup with Navy because Navy got rocked by Notre Dame. So, hypothetically, if K-State gets rocked by right. Navy, he's <laughs> I could have, might have dodged a bullet. You never know. I'm the outlier who tends to think that Notre Dame isn't quite as good as everyone always thinks they are. Yeah, they play, like, they, they play a, a tough schedule, but is it? Pull up Notre Dame's schedule. Let's review this schedule. They beat Navy, right? Yeah, I just said that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I was we that's how we got to that. I apologize. We don't listen to you. <laughs> All right. Let's see. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish played Louisville at Louisville. Okay. They were okay. New Mexico. No. At Georgia. What? Virginia. Lost. Bad. Bad, but played for a conference championship. Bad. Bowling Green. Bad. USC. Mm, okay. Michigan at Michigan. Yeah. Virginia Tech, nah. Duke, eh? Navy, BC, Stanford at Stanford. Not good this year. So I'd say that Notre Dame played, they played three a quality teams. They played uh, a conference, a schedule really thick in the middle. It, yeah. They almost played the equivalent of a conference schedule. Right? Yeah. It would have been a good matchup, I think. And would have been a lot of fun. From TN Cat, will the Big 12 commissioner ever step up, similar to the SEC commissioner, and interject on the selection of teams to go to which bowls? I don't think the conference has that kind of power. I don't. I think every, all these bowls want the SEC, and they'll just take anyone from the SEC because it's for the bowls we're talking about, it's all local for them. It doesn't matter who goes to Memphis, if, you know, if it's an SEC team, it's, it's local. The entire SEC is within a five-hour drive, basically. It's just ridiculous. And do we know that Bob Bowlesby would have said, hey, K-State had a better season. Please take them. We don't know that. No. You know, Bob Bowlesby just doesn't make waves. Bob Bowlesby, I'm just going to say it, is a bad commissioner. He's He is so bad. Dan He makes Dan Beebe look like he knew exactly what was going on everywhere. Here's, here's a hot take, totally off topic. Bob Bowlesby's a peacetime commissioner. 
right? Yeah. Keep yeah. everyone happy. Absolutely. But the next round of expansion is going to be wartime. You need to get someone in there ready to wage war and not say, well, we don't want to do to the Pac-12 what someone did to us. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You got to go get teams. You've got to survive in advance. Don't get into a scheduling alliance with a conference nobody respects. That's about as dumb as you can do. B. Yes. That. And that's why I don't think Bob Bullsby would have gone to bat for any team in a bull selection process. No, he's, he's just, not here to ruffle up feathers. I mean, Look at the first year of the college football playoff. Here are both of our champions. Yeah. Take one. Ugh. Or none. One That's true a, champion. Perfect. That's perfect. Absolutely. He's a bad commissioner. Bad, bad commissioner. Go bad. sit in the corner. I'm just saying, if, you, if you're if you relying on Bob Bullsby to get you a better bowl game, you're already, in, you're already starting behind the eight ball. Yeah. I, the conference is going to need to really look at that. And consider a real, I don't know. <laughs> a general? A war general? Hmm. I wonder where we could find one of those. <laughs> yeah, they're going to need to figure out someone that can maneuver this conference into better situations. Richard Myers for Big 12 Commission. I personally think Arizona and Arizona State with the right, and maybe USC, would come. USC, huh? They're, they are not happy. USC they would, I is think the they least would, happy. I think they would want UCLA, too. UCLA probably wouldn't come. There's your dilemma. Well, they can well, still it, schedule them. Could the, uh, I guess they're... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, schedule it's not like, Notre Dame and UCLA every year. <laughs> Non-conference. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I'd love to have UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State. How do we get into expansion? <laughs> Bob, Bob Bullsby. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't fight for Bulls. That's right. Okay. Next question is from Wildcat Pilot 88. Why emphasize beating a decent non-con team if it doesn't matter? Texas lost to LSU. Iowa State lost to Iowa. Oklahoma State played Oregon State. All received better bowls. Nobody emphasizes non-con in bowl selection. It's for the college football playoff. Yeah. If Baylor had had beaten Oklahoma, we would have seen a real dilemma. Yep. I mean, honestly, guys, Baylor played a terrible non-conference schedule. They would have had to have gotten in by some people sticking their necks out in that committee room. But the but the non-conference schedule is not relevant, and it's never been relevant for bowl selection. Let's let's take a quick survey. Oklahoma loses to Baylor. Baylor is um, eleven and one. Against Oregon, that's ten and two. Both conference champions, and Oregon's other loss is Auburn. I think the committee picks Oregon. I don't think they pick Oregon over Baylor. I think they pick Wisconsin over Baylor if Wisconsin would have won. Well, yeah, they would have because then they would have included Wisconsin and Ohio State. I think, I think Oregon's loss to Ari- I, was it Arizona State. Yeah. yeah, that was that was damning. Well, I agree, but. And Baylor would have only had a loss to Oklahoma. But Georgia's loss to South Carolina was more damning, and that yeah. didn't seem to affect them one bit. Thank but God. look at their wins. They lost at home to a 4-8 and eight team. Yeah. I don't care about their wins. It's about your complete resume. Well, look, my resume is really good, except for this one where I got fired because I hit my boss. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, the complete resume counts. 
They lost to South Carolina. South Carolina won one SEC game at Georgia, right? I mean, hell, they, South Carolina won four games, uh, and I think three of them were non-conference and lost to Clemson. You need to keep scheduling one Power Five in the non-con because on the weird chance that you're in the college football playoff mix, you're going to need that win. It's going to get you into the picture. I mean, people respected K-State earlier in the season because they played Mississippi State. Nobody would have respected K-State until that Oklahoma game had they not played and beaten Mississippi State. So that's where the... That that's where the importance of a non-conference, a big non-conference game comes in, and you need to keep putting them on the schedule. From Trevorwert, what? Is this a new this person? New, this right? is new, right? This has—I've never. He's said been that around. Name, he's I? been around the site for a while, okay. but I don't remember this. I've never said this name on a podcast. So, Trevorwert, Trev, Trev, Trev Ewart, Trev Ewart. I don't know. Let us let us know. What position group stands to benefit the most from the additional practices? It's a good question. I think there's I think there's a lot of ways you look at it. Well, offensive line, obviously. Oh, defensive line, obviously. Offensive line's pretty good. It's not who I'd pick. I think you would pick linebackers. Nope. Okay. I've got some other positions I can guess, or you can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You go ahead and guess. Tell you running get, backs? Until you get running backs. Because there's so many young guys yeah. that they might need. I mean, think about it. They wouldn't run the three-back set unless they had, you know, three of four guys, which oddly included a freshman in Jackson Ede. But they would. They never ran it, did they? Correct me if I'm wrong, with one of the other freshmen. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. So those, those things I think they can really work on. And, I mean, those guys are going to be – Front and center next year in this offense. But offensive line's a great pick, too. Although I think there's massive changes in that offensive line coming. It's not going to be ascending up the depth chart. You were the backup last year, as much as people might think. This is where it gets really interesting to see how Chris Kleiman approaches bowl practices and bowl prep and things like that. Because does he look at it like Snyder did where, oh, yeah, it's nice that we get another game, but this is really for the 2020 team? Or does he look at it and say, we need to win this game. Let's go win this game. Let's practice like it's just another game in the regular season. Because I, I, I think, I think obviously, it's one of those ones I can kind of go either way. You know, every coach has his own way of looking at it. Um, and if he wants to start building for the future, I mean, you're going you're gonna to really work that new offensive line. You're going to really work those freshmen running back. But Bill Snyder would run a spring practice as bowl practice, beat the crap out of each other to get better for the next season. It, a hot take, outside of a few bowl games, Bill Snyder really didn't care about the bowl result. Yeah. He cared about the next season, and that's what he used bowl practices for. So, I would just prefer they, they focus on this year's team. I agree. Win the bowl game. It's important for the program to win the bowl game and get the ninth win. I mean, that was one of the things that a lot of people, if you were if you were you know, a KU fan or something, you would throw at Snyder. He can't win the bowl games. I mean, he didn't win tons of bowl games. Won about a little under 50%. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in, in Snyder 2.0, it was not good. No, it was horrible. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just a it's just another trophy. You're still going to get the payout regardless. So it's not like losing or winning a bowl game is life and death. But winning a bowl game, going into the next season, fresh off a win in a bowl game, feels pretty dang good. Yeah, that would be really good for this group. Also, would probably earn Chris Kleiman $25,000 because I imagine they'll be ranked if they win this game. Boom. 
from Fervent Purple. Give us your thoughts on all of the Big 12's bowl matchups this year. Well, Oklahoma's going to get routed, I think. I'm going to say it won't be a route. It might be a route at some point in the game, but it will end up being close. Like Oklahoma will, or vice versa. It'll be close for three quarters, and then it'll open up. Or it'll seem like a route, and then Oklahoma will make a run at him in the second half. I just... I think it's going to be a little more competitive. I don't know if their defense can stop Joe Burrow. They have an entire three weeks month three weeks to prepare i'll say this lsu is probably looking at it as we're going to beat oklahoma let's get through it and then worry about clemson or ohio you know right oklahoma is probably saying we got you know we got to focus on this right so that that could be one they're gonna go find everything through the season that gave burrow any possible trouble they can really dig in and do all of that and find all of those situations and just throw it all at him. And if it doesn't work, go to something else. It, it's going to be interesting. The thing I like about uh, this matchup is now they have a defense that will try different looks. Grinch, young defensive coordinators like Hazleton and Grinch, they don't do what they do. Older defense coordinators are like, I blitz. I sit back. They mix it up. They give you different looks. They change right before the snap. That's the new form of defense that kind of troubles some of these offenses. And let me ask you this. What LSU was doing on the offensive side of the ball was somewhat foreign in the SEC. Other teams have done it. Kentucky a little bit, a little here and there. That is common in the Big 12, Teams have, you know, granted, Grinch wasn't in the Big 12 when that was going on, but that offense isn't radical by Big 12 standards. It's funny how it was trash in the Big 12, and now suddenly it's incredible at LSU. It's so typical of the media outlook on things. You know, the Big 12 starts playing defense, and it's a low-scoring game in the Big 12 title game, and Pat Forty they got to find someone else because these teams aren't any good. They look at the score. You know, come on. I mean, this is just a tired thing. This, it's important for Oklahoma to be competitive in this game for the Big 12. It, it really would say something. I love Baylor against Georgia. I do, too. Georgia's not going to give a damn about that game. And they're they going to look past Baylor because it's Baylor. Yep. And they're going to run into that defense and say, oh, crap. If you saw you saw what LSU's defense did to Georgia, Baylor's is not as good as LSU's, I don't think, but it's pretty damn good. And what does Baylor do extremely well? Everything. They win low-scoring games. Everything. <laughs> they, they, they know how to win close games. I don't know what to make of Texas and Utah. I really don't. I mean, I, Utah. Full disclosure, Pac-12 championship. First time I've watched Utah all year. And they didn't look good, man. <laughs> they looked so bad. <laughs> but you look back over their resume, they really didn't, you know, they didn't beat people. But does Texas care? That's exactly. That's They're either going to care. Like Fitz pointed out earlier, they fired coordinators. Andre Coleman's an on-field coach right now. Well, that's like, really, really not caring. Um, <laughs> damn. <laughs> damn. Uh, I'll say this. If you're the defensive coordinator for this game, you're going to go balls out. Oh, yeah. Because you want the job. You may not have a shot at it, but you want this job. And like you said, 
I didn't spend any time watching Pac-12 football, which is another reason why not to have a scheduling agreement with the Pac-12. But apparently, Oregon mimicked USC's defensive schemes, and Utah cannot handle it. So do that. Just do that, whatever that was. And you've got athletes on defense. You should be able to mimic those things. I think Texas A&M is bad, and I think Oklahoma State will coast against them. Um, another team that probably doesn't care about being in that bowl game because Texas A&M thinks it's better than it is for some reason. They always do. And as much as I hate to say it, I don't hate Iowa State against Notre Dame because where did we see Brock Purdy do the best? Warm weather games. Why did he go to Iowa State? I know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. But Iowa State, for as bad as for as bad as Iowa State looked in the K-State game, I don't I don't put tons of stock into it. They looked cold f- for some reason. They're from Ames, and they looked miserably cold. Um, I well, that's that's my what scares me about Iowa State was it wasn't so much about being cold; they were soft. Yeah, they were just soft in that game. They they let other things get to them, and Kansas State handled the cold. I mean, freaking Josh Youngblood's from Tampa <laughs> didn't affect him one bit, did it? So I'd probably take Notre Dame, but I wouldn't be shocked if Iowa State competes in that game. All right. I mean, K-State Navy. We was can that it? About. That no, was it? No, no. Come on. See any of the questions. Oh, man. I got panicked. I thought we were at the end. No, we're not at the end. I didn't think so. Then you just said, all right. Like, we're done. Well, every, well like, we're done with that. We're breaking. Question. You went into a deep analysis of Oklahoma, so it just felt longer. Yeah. Okay. From multiple scorgasms, uh-huh. will you... <laughs> Sorry, sorry, I just had to let some air out. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, sorry. Just, just breathing. <laughs> yes, multiple score gasms. Is there a, is there a question? <laughs> will you be Will you be rooting for the Big 12 teams to win their bowl games? I will root for I will root for. I don't. <sighs> I will be. It makes me sick to cheer for Oklahoma. Go Cyclones! Nah, go go Notre Dame. Go Southern Hemisphere Hurricane team that thinks it's a tornado because I'll you're che- like happy dogs. <laughs> it's, I'll a, cheer it's for, a tornado. No, it's not. It's, it's a cyclone. I'll cheer for Oklahoma State. I won't be upset if Oklahoma wins. I'll put it that way. Uh. Texas, sure. Stop, stop ruining the Big 12's name. Go win a bowl game. They did. I mean, last they did year. last year, but get still. off their case. And Baylor, yeah, because Georgia. I don't get why Georgia thinks it's better than it is. I don't know. Georgia is what it is. It's not the best team in the SEC. OU, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Those are the teams you're allowed to cheer for. Why not Texas? Because Texas is not Texas. back. So because they suck, you can't cheer for them? Yeah. They shouldn't. They don't deserve to be in the Alamo Bowl. They should suck. Yeah, that's fair. Texas to the Liberty Bowl. Please. Would never happen. Six and six Texas would have been in the Camping World Bowl. Mm, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Last question from Powercat Ryan of the first half. Football is football. A bowl game is a bowl game. Would a ninth win be more important 
than being a participant in any of the other bowls K-State could have gone to. Absolutely. K-State would have made three, roughly $3 million more going to the Alamo Bowl than going to the Liberty Bowl. But there's no dollar amount you could put on it that no. would make me say... That, that's where you're wrong. You. They, they would have made one more slice of that. The conference shares yeah. bowl revenue, except you get a double slice. They cut oh. it into 12 slices. The conference gets one. You get two. Everybody else Sorry. gets one. I, so it doesn't it really doesn't really. It, Sorry, what, the tweet said bowl payouts, so yeah, I just assumed. It, re- it doesn't. No, the bowl payouts really don't matter. That doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter. It's about other things. I mean, the, that's why you're in a conference. You share your TV. You share your bowl. You share these things. Um, it's a hedge against bad times, which apparently at Kansas with football it's all the time. I think Kansas should have to repay some bowl money. That'd be fair. Yeah. Pull your weight. No matter what bowl K-State would have attended, getting the ninth win is the most important thing. Now, getting the ninth win over Notre Dame as opposed to Navy would have been better. Over Utah as opposed to Navy would have been better. But nine is nine. Nine is nine. Which is confusing because if you're German, nine is none. Oh, my God. (laughs) No. Nine! We'll be back in the second half of the PowerCat Podcast. Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCap Podcast. I would like to apologize for everything I said in the first half, including picking Iowa State, which was greatly offensive to everyone outside of Iowa. Well, half of Iowa. The other half, mostly the eastern half of Iowa, celebrated. No, that's not right. The western, I don't know. I, I got confused. But anyhow, I apologize. What are they celebrating? What? That I guess it would be the western half celebrated the fact that I picked Iowa State. The eastern half, being Hawkeye Nation, oh. would be offended by it. I got lost. Who do you think hates Iowa State more, K-State fans or Iowa fans? <laughs> Iowa. Probably. You have to put up with them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Currently at The Fridge, they have, man, I want to name beers. I used to want to name colors, but now I want to name beers. Without a doubt, Stout is available from a Wichita Brewing Company. 
Wichita, a Kansas. Wichita Brewing Company or well, the Wichita tell. Brewing I, Company? I think it's Wichita Brewing Company. Yeah. It's WPZ BC on the. <laughs> like no, okay, then it's not. <laughs> and New Belgium has Voodoo Ranger American Haze, an IPA. Yet another IPA. Voodoo Ranger American Haze. That yep. sounds like they grabbed a bunch of words out of a bag. What IPAs do you have on tap? <laughs> Uh, what do we got here? A double India pale ale. Uh, awesomeness Ooh. batch number five. Ooh. It's not an Indiana pale ale? No, those those suck. Yeah. <laughs> you suck. Those, those are only available during basketball season. Are they striped? Yeah, they're striped. <laughs> All cans must be striped from Indiana pale ale brewing companies. The second half today is sponsored by The Fridge. Oh, jeez. It's sponsored by, I'm so off my game, sponsored by Tanner's. We had lunch at Tanner's yesterday. I took the Insiders podcast, minus Kellis, who bailed. Bailed. Oh, I got a wife and kids. I got other work to do. That's pretty. That's a pretty good impression. <laughs> that of was Kellis. great, Kellis. I yeah, thought that really was good. Uh, I took them to Tanner's to eat, and everyone loved it. I did not eat. I drank a beverage. You had a brew. I did. That's very nice. Because I had done a lot of work that day, and I deserved it. Our friend Ryan Black also had a brew. Yeah, and then he acted like he didn't know he was getting a beer. Like, he ordered a beer. They brought the beer. And, like, five minutes later, he was sitting there like, oh, is this mine? And I'm like, who else's would it be? Ryan's at the end of the table. The beer's in the middle of the table. Across from him, across from me, is D. Scott Fritchin, who doesn't drink, and that's well established. And me, who I just discussed with Ryan, I'm on antibiotics where I cannot drink until next weekend or this upcoming weekend. Uh, Ryan, yeah, it's your beer, man. I think he thought we were all getting one, and then he was slightly embarrassed by the fact that he got one. Oh, I don't care. Nobody judges you, Ryan. Well, other than the Southern thing. Yeah, that we do judge you for. man, dude. Dude. So anyhow, get into Tanner's. All their alcohol comes from the fridge. Uh, So if you buy from the fridge or you go to the high-low or Tanner's, it's the fridge in your tummy. I just remembered. I had Tanner's on Saturday before the game. It's been a long weekend, so I forgot that I had eaten it. Steak Philly was one of the better ones I've ever had. And I think they've added a little bit more spice to the uh, the sauce you dip your onion rings in, whatever that's called. I never liked that sauce. I just, Ooh, I kind of It's do. not their sauce. It's just all those sauces. I, I like that. And I think that they've made it a little bit more with a kick. And I kind of like it. So I suggest it. That's at Tanner's at the corner of Morrow and 12th. I got it. Not like it matters. You can get Morrow in 12th, but you can't get can't you? <laughs> Claflin and Westport, which you've been saying for years. Can't you say 12th and Morrow? It sounds better with the number in front. Yeah, but 12th's all blocked off now. So I know. You can't really <laughs> use 12th. Thank you, City of Manhattan, for putting in a corporate hotel. Anyhow, here's your questions from Wabash Station. This is the Questions Podcast, and Zach reads the questions. That's how this thing works. From KSU number one, how excited are you to get Navy? It's. I'm happy it's a new matchup. I'm I'm buying everyone old navy outfits for the game. We're all going to um, go go wear flat Fourth of July flag shirts. Yeah, this we're is all, a working press box. Any cheering of any kind will not be tolerated. We bought our entire outfits at Old Navy. I'm happy that Gainer's it's jeans. <laughs> God, that'd be funny, actually. I'm happy they're not playing Texas A&M. 
I'm happy they're not playing Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee would have been kind Tennessee cool. would have been fine. I just Arkansas. It's, it's cool to play a new team. So and and not just like, oh, we're playing the sixth best team in the SEC. Like, oh wow, we're kind of playing a little bit of an outlier of a team. That's kind of what you get to say now, you know. It's an unknown. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the great thing about academies is they're not power five, but they kind of count. They kind of count. You do get, they? Yeah, they kind of do. If you schedule them, they, they kind of like Notre Dame and BYU. Army, oh. Army and Navy, yes. Air, Air Force, Force, not no. so much. Air Force is a – no, I shouldn't say that. That sounds bad. <laughs> Air Force's football success is kind of a joke. And I feel, like, Na- I feel like Navy is definitely the best academy yeah, by Army, far. Army went on a little stretch there, but it wasn't sustained. So, Okay, whatever. You guys – don't like the army. Yes, we hate the I'll, troops. I'll, we don't I'll, like our armed forces I'll except the ones in the Riley. water. <laughs> I'll notify Fort Riley. I just, like I said, I think it's it, and it's also really cool that it's it's a different like style. You know, as as football is evolving, and, and we'll get into this here in a second. But as football is evolving into air raid, throw it fifty times a game. Now you're facing a team that wants to run the ball literally every play. So oh, it's, it's cool. Great. Yeah, we're gonna be out of there so quick. Anybody want to get a beer on Beale Street at like oh I don't know four p.m. <laughs> it's a two thirty kick, right? Yeah. Let's really stop. Two forty five. Two forty five. Okay. So three, uh, so three o'clock. Cause add in for the Scotty McCurry halftime extravaganza. And something tells me the national anthem with Navy is going to be like, like I feel like they'll add more to it. Because you're no, they're still going to fly a FedEx plane over as a flyover. <laughs> Come on, that would be awesome. Fly the FedEx a plane. Seven thirty seven, and then yeah, like. It was bigger, but a World War II aircraft carrier plane shoots down the FedEx plane. No. <laughs> okay, I'm really not good at this. Uh, they had, they've they've already picked who's singing the anthem, haven't they? I'm I sure couldn't tell you who it was. Anyhow, uh, so let's say three o'clock. The game will last an hour and a half. We will be done by nine o'clock with work. Oh, I hope to be done before. I'm just saying by 9 o'clock yeah. we'll be done. I, I hope to be done earlier than that, too. Yeah, I hope. On a normal, on a normal game, if we crank it you, out. You, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I, don't, I guess I don't know about you guys. but I, I should be done by 9, like able to do other things as well. More content for tomorrow. The, tomorrow being the day after that. I was looking on their site. I can't find anything about... The National Anthem. But if I find it, I will let you know. We will be podcasting from Memphis. Yes, I am going to the bowl game. I am leaving my house. Nice. I figure if I can go to Vegas for a basketball game, I can drive to Memphis with my coworkers and cover the bowl game. I'm just thankful that you get to drive a lot. I thought you would be. He acts like I never like I'm I'm more than happy to drive. Oh, it's not about your willingness. <laughs> I do fine as, again, ask D Scott Fritchen who he's more comfortable with behind the wheel. Also, I drove 9 over the speed limit last time and Zach thought I was going slow. You weren't going 9 over. I was. I was going 84 and a 75. Okay, if we're going to discuss this stuff, I'm just thankful that Brett Regan is not going. Brett, bless his heart, was a very safe driver in terms of accidents and things. But Brett did not believe in cruise control or does not believe in cruise control. So you would be going 85 and then 65. 
He was that guy. The worst. That would clog up traffic by going fast and then slowing down next to a car that he was supposedly passing because he lost focus. I don't know how you can drive without cruise control. I mean, you've got it. I'll give him credit. He had mad, mad ankle muscles. I mean, they, he was ripped in the ankle because that gets tiring. <laughs> Doesn't he have a metal rod down one of his legs? Oh, that's right. He was cheating. He was like Lance Armstrong with a... Never mind. Yeah. Always willing to help drive, but... Power nut. Just just move on. I just went there anyhow. Uh, here's your question, Small Bass Station. We just asked a question! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm on heavy antibiotics. I'm kind of out of my mind. From Purple Powerhouse, what's your way too early scouting report on Navy? Are they still running that primarily option offense? Run, 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 and then they'll run the ball some more. And, yes, they do run the option. Yeah. That's what they do. That's what they've always done. Assignment football. As I said on the insiders, and I want to get an answer from you guys, if you're Chris Kleiman, are you upset you go against a primarily running team with a defense that hasn't tackled well or are you happy that you get to spend your entire bowl entire bowl prep on tackling 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 i think you'd have to be excited about the fact that really you shut down one part or find a way to contain the option you're gonna win i mean Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about their passing attack they'll sink it in on you they'll throw the ball some but like it's not like you have to be like, oh, you know, we got to worry about this receiver and that receiver. and, and the. I'd probably run a flea flicker if I was them because that has worked twice now against K-State. Yeah. Is a triple option offense equipped to run oh, a, yeah. you run got a, a receiver flicker. out there. you got a receiver out there. So I'm just saying I, it's going to be – I mean, they, they lead the nation in running, in rushing yards. I mean, they are over 350 rushing yards per game. Um, they are going to continue. Zach, bless Zach, you. Zach moved away from the mic and still power sneezed. I'm so sorry. They. So sorry. It, it's going to be. We, we joke about the game time, but I mean honestly, it's going to be on the ground more often than not. And the only time that the clock's going to stop is timeouts. So get ready to to watch a heavy run game. Well, I don't know if it'll be heavy. They'll probably be very athletic people. Well, it's not like I'm going to be running the ball. Anyways. Now you're here to question your Walmart station. Goodness, we can't do this after each time. From Fervent Purple, why is Navy ranked? They got boat raced by Notre Dame, but the rest of their whole schedule remains. reminds me of our non-con. Why do you like communism so much, question person? <laughs> why do you hate the troops? Is that what you're trying to yeah. say? Yeah. Why do you hate America? I mean, slamming on the Naval Academy forces peoples. He, he makes a bit of a guys. point. They haven't played the greatest of schedules, but they did play Memphis, who is New Year's Six, correct? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're in the New Year's Six Bowl. They played Notre Dame, like he mentioned. They played SMU, who I think was undefeated at the yeah. time. Yeah. So. They played some good teams. Um, They're in a Power Six conference. <laughs> They're a Power Five team, according to Fitz. <laughs> they, they they have an asterisk next to them. 
I mean, it's and, a and star. they're a good team. At the end of the day, it's it does it does come down to to numbers and eye tests and things like that. And you can't ignore the fact that they do lead the nation in rushing at over 350 yards a game. Like that's impressive. It's not like it's not like teams face them and they're like, oh, they run the triple option. We have to let them run some. Like no, they try, teams try to shut it down, and they can't. So Navy's a very good football team. And it's very impressive to see what they've done, considering the fact that they went uh, three and nine a year ago, or two and ten. No, three and nine. They went three and nine last year, and now they're top twenty-five team. I think this is two very equal teams. I think K State. Um, I, I don't think there's much difference in terms of overall quality of of the two teams in this game. Um, and K State, as we know, is is number twenty-eight in the country right now, unofficially. So. I think if you're complaining about Navy being ranked, it's kind of like complaining about K-State almost being ranked at 8-4. and four. Man, I hope that answers your question, Joseph Stalin. Hey, um, uh, I had something else. Hey, you, you have a favorite phrase, <clears throat> and I want to know if it's possible if K-State wins by like 21 points that you will say K-State boat race Navy. <laughs> that, is that going to work? Is that possible? I use boat raced frequently in high school I used curb stomp a lot and then kind of yeah. learned the history and was like eh probably shouldn't use that one as much but if they curb stomp navy i'll use that <laughs> <laughs> funny funny they lost boat race to a team that has boats <laughs> oh this is gonna be so bad Fitz is gonna make a lot of navy jokes i will not at the expense of our armed forces <laughs> Fitz is going to make a bunch of jokes about the Naval Academy. I won't do that. <laughs> but I will demand everyone calls me Admiral the entire time I'm in Memphis. I'm going to have, because I'll have the sailor hat. Okay. <laughs> we'll count on that. The Amazon Prime you on right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, guys. This podcast is falling apart because Fitz, Fitz is losing it, man. It's like he's on nitrous at the dentist. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh. Here we go. Another new member. Welcome, Jay Rydell. Does Navy facing off against Army this Saturday give an, any advantage in the slightest to K-State? Does it give more time for us to game plan than them? I don't think it's an advantage in terms of like, oh, wow, K-State's at a, at a huge advantage because they – I mean, Navy's going to watch a you-know-what ton of K-State film. K State's going to watch a you know what ton of Navy film. Well, I now, think it does. It cuts a week out of Navy's prep because you don't want to lose this game. Question is less prep sometimes more beneficial. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. I I don't think it really helps K State's prep. I mean, they'll study all the other games and they'll get to this game and they'll watch it. Maybe it'll help the players because you get it. I Ryan Black made a great suggestion. I hope they watch it together. The Army-Navy game, I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, I know this, it'll help the fans and people like us prep to get a live game in and be able to sit there and watch a game. You can go back and watch old games, but there's something about, uh, for the half-ass way I prepare, to really see the game and have a feel for it, to see it as it unfolds. I compare it a lot to the Colgate uh, South Dakota State. They played South Dakota State in the FC. Yeah, the Colgate, the South Dakota State, and then the uh, Eastern Washington game last year in the FCS playoffs. When you're trying to figure out about Chris Kleiman and the offense and things like that. Yes, you can watch it on film all you want. You can rewatch things. You can read up on things. But watching it live 
as it's happening is a different feel right. to it. You, you're like, okay, this is this is gameful. I don't know what's going to happen. How are they going to respond to this? And I think that's for a really, really good reason. We're not trained coaches. Yeah. I mean, if you're a coach like my dad was, you can sit there and watch game film and dissect it kind of like, I don't know, just just watching anything from a scientific standpoint that – you know, you can just really analyze and break down. Folks, I have now received my third spam call on my phone in the last, what, five, ten minutes? Yeah, five minutes. There might have even been another one that you didn't even acknowledge that popped up. This one's from Delaware. Oh, my God. Howard Richmond, Delaware is calling me. <laughs> That's an inside joke. I think it's. I think it's most notable that it's also the Army-Navy game. And, like, this is going to be the game where they stick, you know, what they do is what they do. They're gonna, they're not gonna, have, you know, throw any any weird twists. And it's not like playing Notre Dame or or Houston or, or whatever, where they kind of have to have to adapt, you know, into something crazy the other team's doing. You're gonna see what they do best. They're gonna bring forward their their typical game plan. You're gonna see them ex- uh, try to execute that. So I, I think it's really cool that it's the Army Navy game and not Navy somebody else. Also. Army Navy game is one that I've always seen on TV, been like, oh, I want to watch it. And then I'm like, eh, do I really want to watch it? I mean, I really don't usually. I d- yeah, it's cool because it's the it's the the Naval Academy and, and Army, but like I never had much interest in it. Now I actually have a reason to watch it. If I'm Coast Guard, I want a team. They have a Division Three team. I know, but I Do want a, I want a big time team. Oh, I didn't know there's that. a Coast Guard Academy. Interesting. And then we have a game uh, every year with Air Force, and it's in uh, it's in Memphis because it's like Philadelphia with the old Liberty Bell thing. <sighs> sure. It's it's entirely possible I had a stroke during this half of the podcast. From Powercat Ryan, I am ready for some more Army patches on helmets and jerseys. What's your best idea to incorporate some Go Army Beat Navy for our Fort Riley neighbors? I love it. That's a great idea. Oh, you do? I love I, it. I hate it. I don't. Like All it. due respect to Fort Riley, the Big Red One, whatever. If K State tries to incorporate Fort Riley at all into this, I hate everything about it. <laughs> it's fine. Doing a Fort Riley day. You know, doing a camo thing, fine, by itself. But if you're playing an academy, people that are literal members of our armed forces and playing dress-up. Yeah, that's not that's not your thing. That is not your thing. That is not cool. Okay, I agree with you. That is, you are a poser. (laughs) Yeah. And and it'd be one thing if K-State, week in, week out, was like, okay, we're going to make Fort Riley, like, it's right here. This is this is part of our program weekly. If it was on the uniform all year long, I agree. But I don't want to see K State try to be like, ah, yeah, that's like, okay, that's like a white guy and a black guy like meeting, and they're like, oh yes, I have black friends, you know, like, oh yes, let's let's communicate better because we have this similarity. Like, that's it's about the same thing right there. I met a black guy once. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on, man. We get it. We all respect the armed forces. You don't have to prove that you love the armed forces to me. Like, don't do it. I hate it. Somebody posted a, uh, was it, it was somebody broke out, like, these black uniforms, the big red one. Apparently someone wore them against Navy or something like Army that. Army did. 
It Army. was Army? Yes. Yeah, Army War Armageddon. It was like a couple okay, years ago. Okay, I didn't know if it was a different school. No, it was, it was Army. It was real. In no way, shape, or form should K-State even attempt no. that. Now, if it was like the military bull or armed forces bull, maybe. Maybe, maybe slap the big maybe. red one onto the helmet. No, not even that. Wear the camo helmets or something. Yeah, like it. Not... Don't uh, don't go all out on. Do it. we know if K State's visitors are home? I imagine they'll to, be the visitors. We need to check on this because I suspect that we're the all whites. Unless Navy loses to Army and falls out of the rankings, but even then no, they'd be nine. Matter. They'd be nine and three. That doesn't matter. They bowls just rotate. Oh, I thought they went. What were they um, last year? Yeah, I don't know. So we'd have to check. But four years ago, K State was the home team. Okay, yes, they so were. That was. 15 season 15 season so they'd be the home team technically so are you saying the liberty bowl alternates or like yeah yeah iowa state was the away team last year yep so k-state would likely be the home team (sighs) well i mean dear kansas state please request to be the road team so we can wear the all well they could be the home home team and wear the whites oh okay well in that case i don't know that iowa state was the no that's probably it and they were playing memphis well in 2006 (laughs) k-state was the home team and wore white against rutgers Yes, this is correct. You are so smart. Thanks, Vince. I just want to see them wear the all-whites. Please. Please. Which helmet? The white with the purple power cat. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'd be okay with the script. Oh, man. Here we go. (laughs) We're back at it. (laughs) No, I I think that had they have been planning to do that, white pants, white jerseys, white helmet with the purple power cat. They should just make it wild cats and have some lavender accents, and it's the basketball team. Take the basketball uniform and put it on a football uniform. God, I love those uniforms. Those are sick. Those better be the home uniform from here on out. It won't be. I know. They should swap out the old wildcat for a power cat. Yes. And it'd be fine. Agreed. Be fine. That'd be great. Another new member, Rockcat78. Welcome to the podcast. What are the chances that form tackling is the primary focus of every defensive practice? That is my biggest concern. I will admit it's a concern because early on you were like, oh, wow, they can't tackle. And they're like, yep, we need to address that. We'll, we'll get it taken care of. And then but you got halfway through the season and you were like, oh, man, they still need to tackle. They got better. And I feel like they got better because of the off weeks. It's hard to get better at that during game weeks. Yeah. Because as Chris Kleiman said, you are limited in your contact. And it's hard to practice tackling in the current environment of college football in which practicing is not allowed, which is basically the truth. I mean, Bill Snyder would have never been able to turn around this program under these current rules because they practice and practice and practice and hit and hit and hit. And now you can only do so much of that. They can That gets loosened up here during bowl prep, and they'll be able to work on tackling. It is a concern. It's a concern, but it's not something that I think – I think they'll be fully prepared for, for to, to form tackle for the triple option, all that kind of stuff. Another new member, Claws Out, Balls Out. I love, love that name, love by it. the way. Favorite name on the website now. Love it. Like White Claw? No law, no no, no laws law, on the claw. No law claw. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Anyway, they, they <laughs> anyways ask, they ask, when was the last time our defense played three linebackers and loaded the box the whole game? Should um, they think that this should be a good game to use uh, Jonathan Alexander? I mean, they've never faced a heavy run team like this. No, you don't see this. This is 
incredible. Like somebody asked, also is like, what Big Twelve team does does Navy compare to? Nobody. No one. Nobody does this. They, they compare it to Army and Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's anyone else running this. I mean, Georgia Tech ran it under Paul Johnson, and he's gone. Um, uh, who Georgia Southern ran it under Jeff Monken. Who's that army? Who's that army? So, yeah, I don't know that anyone is out there running it. Imagine being like, trying to hire a coach at one of these schools because you are limited so much in who you can hire because only so many people run an offense. And they have to run this offense because they don't get the big physical linemen. I mean, let's be honest. I don't want a six foot six, 330-pound left tackle in the Naval Academy. I don't want him sinking boats. Let's be honest. I mean, there's there's restrictions to those things. The only reason Navy ever had David Robinson in basketball is he grew like six, eight inches after he went to the academy. David Robinson ever serve? I think he got a waiver. I think he got a waiver. Not to. Because he was like a walking advertisement for the ah, academy. Not to like stray from that question a lot, but like that would be so tough in recruiting. Be like, hey, come play for Navy, come play for Army. Oh, but you have to enlist. You do not enlist. You're an officer. Well, so you, it's a career. You you right. move right into your career and you get training. I I don't think it. Would I be don't know hard. what the technical name is. I don't think it would be hard because of the type of kids they're recruiting. You know, you have to be academically. Yeah. Right, but I mean, there's there's plenty of kids. I mean, you could probably rattle off some kids like K State that would that could make it academically. At Navy or Army, right? But might not want to be in that. I don't even know what word to use. Stru- Structure realm, you know. I would I would say probably the opposite. I think kids that are that gravitate towards football. I mean, I've I've spoken to guys like you know Ben Lieber about how when you're in a football program, even if it's NFL, everything's structured. Hey, we're going to feed you then. We're going to do this. You don't have to worry about anything. So there's some real similarities there. We did wander off. But I, I do admire their ability to recruit people that fit the criteria of an academy and can still ball. It's yeah. pretty impressive. And that's why they have to run these offenses because it, it gets you by on discipline and trickeration. Okay. Like it. That's a word. Yeah, I made that up. That's all mine. I just made it up right here. We've got basketball questions to end the second half. Oh, boy. Here we go. From KNED, is McCall Maywean leading the nation in fouling distance from the basket? He likes to re- he likes rebound fouls 80 feet from the hole. It's mind-numbing at this point. And it's what he is. This is not a one-time thing. This is not a phase. Has Mac regressed? Yeah. Yeah. Or has he just been exposed? more without Dean Wade there to help him. I think we got in this yeah. argument last time, but I I don't I I never thought he was this this go-to guy on the post. I was crucified last year. Sorry. Absolutely crucified for saying that McCall Moeen was not this elite big man. I'm sorry, I've never bought into it. Me neither. And I didn't and I didn't understand why a couple hit performances against KU and Hell, I can't even remember who else he did it against. That's how forgettable it was. He is what he is. He's a nice body to have down there, but he can't catch the ball half the time. He's better at the jump shot than he is on the block, and he's iffy on free throws. 
And he picks up a lot of stupid fouls. Moving to the bench already. I'm over it. Oh, you can't I'm, do it yet. Got to get Montavious back. But once Montavious gets back, move him to the bench. I'm, I'm all for it. We never will, though. Nope. Bruce says we know. Very loyal. Mm-hmm. From Contra Cat, while basketball isn't at Tom Asbury levels of misery, what is the best one way to get through this year without breaking my keyboard? He gives four options. A, root for the freshmen. B, root for the point guards. C, root for chaos. Or D, root for effort. Chaos is kind of fun. Uh, a and D. Number number one, the only reason we aren't sitting here blowing up every time they play bad, we aren't being incredibly critical and and very harsh, is because we knew this was going to happen. We told we you. We told this. you. And I got called names for telling you. Yeah. It, Bruce hits the reset every three or four years. That's, that's his program. And if that's all right with you as a fan base, then okay, this is this is it. You don't get to say, oh no, he doesn't, and then when he does, complain. I mean, come on, people. It's obvious they were gonna reset this year, but those freshmen are very promising. We knew this was coming, we knew it was gonna be a rebuild. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm not I'm not accepting the fact that they're still bad. You know, if they go get waxed by Mississippi State on Saturday, that it's not like you can just go, uh, well, they're young. Uh, well, they're inexperienced, because this is not the rebuild of Barry Brown, because this team still has Xavier Sneed, McCall Maywean, Cartier Jada, who I was told by many people was a first-team All-Big 12 player after what he did last year. There was a lot of people that view this team with purple glasses. Yep. Really bad. The Big 12 championship did that to them. I just come back to this. We don't dislike Mike McGurl. But if you stop and look at it, you put Cartier in the lineup for Kamau Stokes, which happened at times, and the, the team didn't really regress when that happened that much, or if at all. But you did replace Barry Brown with Mike McGurl. Yeesh. Yeah. You did replace Dean Wade with a freshman. Um, good Dean, that doesn't work. Bad Dean, you're better off with these freshmen. Unpopular take. But think about when Dean would disappear. At least these guys play extremely hard. Max regressed. Xavier's trying his heart out, but he's not a lead guy. Neither one of these guys, Cardi or Xavier, are lead guys. They just aren't. And that's why that's what brings me to D, option D of his list there. Cheer for effort. Because that's they the freshman were too. Bad. They played a bad game against Marquette. But they busted but ass. They were I was not. I didn't walk away from Marquette going, wow, that was a pathetic performance. I walked away from Marquette going, that went exactly like how I thought it was going to. Actually, better than I thought it was going to. Oh, it was better than I thought. Because I thought that they played the best defense that I've seen them play in recent years. I mean, not not the number one. One of the best defensive performances in recent years against Marcus Howard. And that was without a guy like Barry Brown. And that was putting a freshman on him in critical times. So they looked they looked competitive. They looked like they cared. Now, I'm not saying that's going to carry over. If they start 0-5 in conference play and they got to go to Lawrence or whatever, you know, wherever, I'm, that's not the schedule. But, yeah, there might it might get to be a lot of times. They might wear down. But if they keep bringing effort, the freshmen look promising, I'm not going to be overly mad. I'm just because I knew this was exactly what was coming. Here's my thing is at some point in the season, if things aren't going well, you have to just put the freshmen in – 
uh, sink or swim positions. Just go get better. Learn from this. Get your teeth kicked in so you can be better as sophomores and juniors. But Bruce is so loyal he won't do that to his upperclassmen. He'll let him play out the string, and it's just not in the best interest of the program, but it is because Bruce is just a really, really, really good guy. Yeah. And sometimes as a head coach, you don't get to be a good guy. you got to say, hey, the program comes first, not the kids in the program when they're not performing. From Mountain Joe, from what, from what you have seen, do we even make the NIT? No, I don't hmm. think so. Hmm. They're going to have to really make a push in the Big 12. The NIT is so weird, though, because the NIT will take a team if they have an exciting player or something like that, you know? Like if somebody turns it on in conference play. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that going to be? Yeah, I know. It could be. I mean, there could be someone, but you got to get over 500. Yeah. I'm, Folks, I just want this team to get over 500. I'm not worried about NIT, CBI, bringing back the Vegas 8, any of that. God, what a great – no, the Vegas 16. Well, it became the Vegas 8 because nobody wanted to go to ah. it. And then they played it in Charlotte or something, right? No. Did, did that conspiracy theory, was that true that K-State killed the Vegas 16? I think it was true. I think it was too. As, as you kind of know, I I had a bond with whoever runs the Vegas Ocho account. Ah, That would have been fun. As soon as K-State said, no, we're not going to play in the postseason, everyone else said, no, we're not going to go play in that thing. That would have been cool. It, it's more viable than that stupid CB whatever. Look, the way I'm looking at CBI, it sounds like a freaking electrician school. The way you got to look at it is this. K-State's best win right now is over run. UNLV, who's like 179 in Ken Palm. Now, Ken Palm's not going to matter here in a few weeks. Whenever they release the net, things are going to change. Right. Um, but they don't have a quality win yet. I don't know if they can beat Mississippi State. And St. Louis, the Saturday after that, is not a quality win. They're not going to have a non-conference quality win. They're just not. No. They're going to have to go... Beat KU or knock off Baylor or whoever it is at the top, you know, make some noise in conference play because they have not done that in the non-conference schedule. I think, I think if they lose to Mississippi State on Saturday, just write write the NCAA tournament completely off. I mean, it's it's as sad as it is to say it'll be over ten games in, unless you win the Big Twelve tournament, which is a joke still, but whatever. Um, I, and again, the NIT is up in the air, but I just don't feel good about it right now. Even even the NIT has some standards, and zero quality non-con wins does not meet that standard. It's entirely possible that they – my God, what are they, 5-3 and three right now? Yep. One, two – that they come out of – they've only got four non-conference games left. Well, Did you the, count Bama? No, I did not. Man, it's it's over almost. It's possible they go six and six in the non-con. Ugh. No, I don't think they're going to lose St. Louis, but look, but yeah, Mississippi State, Bama. Oh, St. Louis, eight and one. St. Louis, Tulsa. Who knows? I'm just saying it's possible. Seven and five, even. Is this team going to go nine and nine in the conference? No, sir. 
Well, then you answered your question. I mean, if you think they're going to go 8-10 and 10 in the conference, then they're not going to get in the NIT unless they make a run in Kansas City, which I don't see. I don't see any way they go 8-10 and 10 in this conference. I, right now, as I sit here, I would take 6-12. and 12. I would. The way this team's played, they can't make free throws. That's not about being young. That's not about anything other than they're not good. If you can't make free throws, you can't shoot the ball, man. Until they fix whatever is going on between their ears, they're not going to beat people. Good teams have to hit free throws to win some games. Bad teams missing free throws means they're a really bad team. Think about it. They go 6-12 and 12 in the conference. You're talking about a 13-win season. Uh, you have to really ask yourself, the team you've seen, will they go 8-10 and 10 or better in the Big 12? And I don't see any way that's going to happen. As I sit here right now, maybe they'll, the freshmen will take off. We're very optimistic about them. Maybe Dejuan turns into a scoring machine. Murphy comes back. He starts stroking it. Gordon finds his niche, which hopefully is in the low post and with Malween on the bench. And maybe they start clicking off some wins because they go young. But I think they kind of are what they are. And as they get into the Big 12, they're going to lose a bunch of games. They'll, they'll play hard. Bruce will get them to play hard. Bruce can coach. He can, on the floor, he can put together a team. Not so much in the locker room. And that's really where Barry Brown's missed the most. He's missed on the floor, but he's missing that locker room a ton. We'll see. I... I thought at best they'd be a bubble team, and now I feel like that was an outlandish wish. Last question of the podcast from Jim Cat: Will the basketball team have more conference wins than the football team? <laughs> right there. Literally right there. Over under five and a half. Wow. I think you got to take the over at five and a half because, but I just, here's the thing. I look at this team and I say, I can see them pulling six wins off. I don't know who it's against. I'm not saying that they're going to be better than six teams. I'm saying this team is going to find a way to beat somebody they absolutely have no business beating. Absolutely, they will. They will. That, that, I mean, it happened. That one team, that awful team in 2015-16 beat number one Oklahoma. And they were bad. So they're going to beat somebody that they shouldn't. They're not going to go winless at Bramlage. I want to say that they will get to six wins at least. But if you ask me who they're going to beat, I can't tell you because TCU is the only team I look at right now and say, yeah, I think they compare relatively well. Even West Virginia has added an insane amount of talent this year. West Virginia is a good basketball team. Kansas is a great basketball team. Baylor is a great basketball team. This is a good conference again this year. Even Texas looks like they're meeting expectations finally. Oklahoma State, OU. Got ran by Wichita State. Sure oh, my God. Sure did. They were looking so good. So I think they'll get – if you made me bet today, yeah, I'd say over five and a half. Are they going to get six wins? I would bet yes. But if you told me fast forward they finished four and 14, I wouldn't go, wow, what happened? I would be like, well, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Didn't surprise me. 
It's a very confusing team to figure out. We talked about doing a post-game basketball podcast, and we've abandoned that idea for one reason. First of all, well, for two reasons. First of all, you won't listen to it. I mean, you just won't. Even in you know, with a victory, the numbers wouldn't be like a football game because it's football. I mean, it's a weekly event, not just you know one of a couple games in a week. The other being, if we talk realistic about basketball, some of you decide we hate everything about the basketball team, and that's just not true. It never has been true. So we just decided to pass on that, and uh, we'll find other ways to fill the podcast schedule. Man, I hope that I really hope the microphones pick that up. If, had to if, if the microphones pick that up, I'm turning it up because D Scott just blew his nose outside of our padded studio and came in. It was impressive. That's a good way to end this podcast. A good way to end this podcast. We'll have the overtime podcast for you on Friday, and it's going to be a really good one. I promise you. Because we're going to record it right now, and I think I had a stroke during this podcast. I wish I was joking. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Power Cat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.